This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Sharks fall in what can only be considered a pathetic show of special teams tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Your final score, 7-1. to one. If you want to be a part of the show, please go ahead and use social media. Follow us on Twitter at Teal Town USA, Instagram, the YouTube chat, Facebook, SoundCloud, and of course Reddit. And uh, chat with us and uh, kind of get your points across because tonight was not a great game. And I think that there are quite a few points that we can go over. Um, joining me to break down his thoughts is uh, AJ Strong. AJ, how are you doing this evening? Hola, hola, hola. Oh. Dude, it's AJ underscore strong. How do you oh, blow that? How do you blow that? Yeah. You know, I've only been doing this for X amount of years, right? This is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you know, considering how helpless the uh, the power play was tonight, I, I guess it's kind of like my uh, effort here on the uh, production value, right? Sure. <laughs> or, or do you think it's wor- the Sharks' effort was worse on the power play? Uh, I, I can't even. <laughs> I think AJ broke his drum, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, threw it off the balcony. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, what? where do we get started? The Sharks draw a penalty extremely early on. It was a two-minute minor, uh, their first penalty that they drew, and the... The power play was helpless through the neutral zone. Their entries were horrible. They couldn't even get set up on that first power play. And, you know, just just a completely worthless, pathetic display. And, you know, I, at, at this point, you've changed up the forwards. Um, you've changed up the defensemen. You've gone heavy with the Eric Carlson, uh, Brent Burns pairing on that first power play unit. You know, it really, there's no more fingers left to point at except for the coaching staff here. I mean, AJ, we've been calling for this for a long time. I mean, what, what do you what do you think? And, and just kind of break down what their miscues are on this. What do I think? Uh, I think the Sharks on the power play desperately miss a guy, miss a guy that used to wear a jersey with the number eight on it. That's what I think. Uh, Pavs was one of those guys that would find spaces, would get to the dirty spots. He would tip those shots from Burns. He would, I mean, he was starting to be even Ovechkin-esque shooting off of that, that circle. And they perhaps didn't come up with a way to replace him. Um, and you see what we have. Oh, for 23, the power play hasn't scored in 10 games. And one of the things that is kind of uh, a little annoying to me is they won't even call it out. You know, that it's, again, it, look, I understand we, we all remember the Drew Remenda thing, okay? But it's, 
it's mind-numbing sometimes to listen to pre- and post-game and intermission or even sometimes the broadcast crew. And I'm not saying that the Sharks are the only ones guilty of this, but it's when we can all see with our own eyes, you're trying to tell us, you know, oh, this, you know, no, everything's fine. It's fine. The the, the, the power play will come around. It'll, well, you know, it, it'll, it's like somebody, you know, uh, pissing on you and then telling you it's raining, right? Yeah, it's that, but it's it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And to those people, those are the ones that I always say when I hear that is, okay, then tell me when it's okay to say that it's no longer fine. Does it have to be 11 games? Does it have to be 0 for 25? Does it have to be 0 for 30? Like, like what does it take? Just tell me because I get so tired of the Pollyanna stuff. And again, I'm always going to quote Drew Remenda is, how do you expect me to have any credibility in my praise if I cannot critique them honestly? And the critique is just not honest right now. And in fact, um, Curtis Brown, I mean, you guys, everybody knows how much I respect and love Brody Brazil. And, and I love Brownie. But the fact of the matter is the power play and even like Steve Spot were brought up in the first Twitter mission. By the way, the second one, they never got to work for some reason. I don't know what's going on over there. But during the first one, it was brought up. And Curtis Brown straight up said, no, next question. Like, you know, some people might think that's funny. Uh, I'm someone who, like, wants to hear the perspective of a former NHLer and what they actually think. And when you refuse to even discuss it, it's – it's not a good look. That's all I'm I'm saying. No, I I mean I I am in total agreement there. Not only do you have the uh, the state <laughs> the, st- the state sponsored media, you know, not critiquing areas that need to be critiqued, but blatantly disregarding areas that need to be addressed. You know, and then you've got the guys on the broadcast. Um, you know, kind of still trying to find their groove with that three-man rotation, excuse me, two-man, one-woman rotation, and, you know, very lightly kind of brushing over the power play. You know, they're they're saying kind of the key technical points of, you know, not getting through the neutral zone, you know, not being able to set up, um, you know, looking for, for tips um, in the slot, and there's, you know, the, the, the shot's just not getting through, so... You know, the, the guys on the broadcast, guys and lady, on the broadcast, I think from a technical standpoint, are, are doing well to explain what the woes are. But, you know, when you can have a little bit of interjection, a little bit of analysis in the halftime, or excuse me, the, the, the period um, uh, intermissions, you know, you, you want to understand why the Sharks have gone 0 for 23. And and just to, just to brush over it, I think, is disingenuous to the fans um, for sure. Uh, but if that didn't make matters worse, the Sharks then draw a double minor and uh, Marcus Sorensen gets hit up on the nose, uh, is bleeding, and the Sharks go out there and do more of the same. I mean, I think that there was a little bit more net front presence, but not nearly enough. Um, I, you know, I, I also felt as if they were waiting and waiting and waiting for the guys on the point to try and get the pucks through. Uh, I just want to address something that I'm seeing in the chat because I've, I've, I've noticed this earlier. Um, 
like uh, like a tiger is saying it's funny that Kurz stopped tweeting after the 2-0 score tonight. I I saw tweets from Kurz after that. Uh, the the odd thing as well is that I've also gotten notifications on my phone that so and so tweeted something and then I I caught part of it before it disappeared so I went to go look at their account to to see what the rest of the comment was and it wasn't there. So I think some people are tweeting. I I think Twitter might be a little little tweaky tonight. That's all I'm saying. You might just want to check that. But anyway, um, yeah, I get what you're saying. This, the, again, I'm just one of those guys that sits there and goes, you know, look, tell me it's again, I I think it's kind of jacked up sometimes where the Brody and Brownie, they won't even address something or they kind of like take the question to somewhere like it wasn't even meant to go to, (laughs) Uh, you know, one of the things that I brought up was, you know, maybe it's time to consider doing a coaching responsibility change. We saw that happen almost a year to the date last year. And if you remember, the Sharks went on a great run. Now, is that only having to do with the coaching changes? No, you know, Carlson started to get healthy and played like a healthy Eric Carlson. Uh, you saw Hurdle soon after get moved full time to the center role. So they did make some switches there, uh, but it was just, you know, brought up as, and they made it seem like, uh, well, you know, yeah, I guess you can point at Mike Babcock and see how the Maple Leafs have responded after replacing him. And I'm like, I didn't say anything about head coach. I said assistant coach. So I don't know why you took the conversation there because it's not what I said. And that's one of my things that does bum me out is they tend to do that a lot. (laughs) <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah. Now to get back to this game, I mean, nobody looked. Uh, I don't. I like. I don't know. I. I honestly don't know. Everybody looked uninvolved. And the fact that you're down five nothing going into the third, and it takes you like eight minutes to get a, your first shot on goal. Like, shouldn't there be a bit more urgency in your game when you're down like that? To me, that just says, Nah, fuck it. You know, we we've thrown up the white flag. You know, on to Florida tomorrow, whatever. Just don't get hurt. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I got the same feeling from you. I, I, I Same feeling from the game as you did. I mean, I I don't know if it's if it's if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's if it's a lack of, um, you know, mental awareness, mental clarity. I mean, we were watching the game tonight and and said, look, the Sharks just look slow. I mean, they looked slow. They looked like they were easily beaten to pucks on 50-50 board battles. Well, you Tampa know, is not a slow team. No, Tampa isn't a slow team. But the Sharks have been, you know, been able to at least stick with teams like Tampa. I mean, they, they played a great game against Carolina. And, uh, you know, we saw none of those things that made them... Um, you know, made them successful over Carolina. I mean, successful to the point where they got a point out of Carolina. So, see, this is, and again, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is the point I was making earlier about Twitter. I just got a notification that said that uh, that Pashelka tweeted some comments that he got from PDB after the game, and so I just went to Pashelka's feed to see what they were, and it's showing the last thing from Pashelka is when the Lightning went up 3-0. So definitely Twitter, Twitter, something ain't right, man. Stuff is coming in late. But either way, the first part of what Peter DeBoer said was third period was unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here's my point. 
who's accountable. No, you yeah, know? yeah, exactly. It's it's who's going to get the ice time shaved down. I mean, how are you going to um, address this power play? Because clearly, it's it's dysfunctional at the moment. Uh, you know, you need to get Brent Burns going here. I don't know what what the hell they need to do to his Gatorade. I don't know what the hell he needs to put into his juicer or whatever the hell he slings on his backpack. But the guy looks lost in the defensive zone. He's Dude, making call. making stupid passes through through the slot in the offensive zone where it's getting picked off and going the other way. I just, you know, that guy needs to be better. Go Dude, ahead. call me crazy. Burns to forward. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, no, I mean, at this point, what do you have to lose? Nothing else is working. And this is the thing that the guys on, uh, you know, Brody and Brownie pointed to. It's like, oh, you know, we're talking about a team that won, you know, 11 of 15 games in November. Yeah. So, let you know, they've gone on a quick little losing streak and you want to change everything up. And it's like, no, I want to tweak a few certain things. Number one. Like during that winning streak, and it wasn't, or I shouldn't say winning streak, but a, an impressive month of November. Yeah, it was fine. Still, halfway through that month, the power play has left the building. Right. Okay. Oh. So, and, and then like, to add on to that, AJ, you know, we saw this team prior in the prior month of October, you know, we saw the same elements that we're seeing in this losing streak so it's not like oh you know why are you just going to go up and change something that has been working it's like no the, the you know they kind of lucked into that streak if anything and <laughs> now the, the the same things are creeping back into the game the poor defensive zone coverage not buying into the system and and again piss poor defensive um, play out of Brent Burns you know Redeem Shimmick seemed to be okay when he came back in but now completely you know has forgotten how to play in his own end I mean it, it's just this is a total systems failure here no it's it's abhorrent especially defensively and you talk about how great they were in November well you know uh, five of those 11 wins they came in overtime Okay, so that's like, oh, you know, look, there's a little bit of luck involved there, but the teams that they lost to, it was like Winnipeg, Edmonton. Those are teams that if you're good, you need to beat them. Who did you beat? Well, you beat a crappy Chicago team. You beat, a, you know, a wild team that's on the on the downward trajectory. L.A. Uh, twice. Yeah, you beat L.A. twice. You beat a shitty Anaheim team. You beat a bad Detroit team. So excuse me if I don't get too you know, uh, fantastically, you know, my mind blown that they did this great run of November. Uh, I, I think we could also say to a certain extent that they were probably pretty motivated having a really, first off, a pathetic October. But the other thing, other cases, do they put together that run if if so many of the, you know, it's like, oh, they went 11 and 14 in November, or I'm sorry, 11 and four in November. Well, you know what else was 11 and four in November? Their schedule. They played eleven games at home and four on the road, and they never left their their time zone until the very last game of the month. So, and then like, and then you know I think another interesting point out of that, and we can draw a lot from their losses: the loss to Edmonton and the loss to Winnipeg, both 
clearly outclassed in those oh, two yeah. games. So, you Destroyed. know, it, so the Sharks are feeding off of lesser opponents, which is a good thing. If you're a good team, you're going to do that. But when presented with a challenge of facing off against, you know, contending teams or teams, you know, in the midst of their hot streaks, they completely fall apart. I mean, look at look at that Washington game. John Carlson single-handedly destroyed the Sharks. Oh, and uh, yeah, and so, you know, going back into tonight's game, the first goal, which, by the way, I mean, uh, Leaky Jones, right? I mean, this was a leaky, leaky goal. Jones gets a piece on it, and it trickles into the goal. That should never happen. And no. and, and then he has one bank off his back. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if the defensive zone's not, not helping you out, then you're going to have a suspect goaltender. I mean... AJ, I, I don't know when you start to, to hit that panic button like we have continually said, but, I mean, the onus has got to be on Doug Wilson to do something with the goaltending, right? I mean, see, and that's the whole thing. If you bring up goaltending right now, you sit there and go, well, look, Jones has been pulled in two of the last three games. <laughs> and they'll sit there and go, yeah, but he got the number one star the week before or I'm sorry, third star of the week in the entire NHL the week before. And, you know, and that's what they keep pointing to. It's the Pollyanna thing where I sit there and go, he had one good week. We're in, we're, you know, we're coming up on the start of week 10. He had one good, you know, that week needs to be, uh, you know, not the exception to the rule. It needs to be the rule. So, uh, yeah, does he have to address the goaltending? You would think at some point. Is Cornosh the answer? No. Cornosh has been lit up a few times this season for the Barracuda. Short Ridge got injured, I believe, last night before the start of the game. So Cornosh was actually not supposed to start uh, and ended up starting. Now, granted, the Barracuda did had an amazing game last night, putting up nine goals. And if the Sharks were scoring nine goals a game, you could throw anybody in the net for the Sharks and they'd be fine. But that's not the case. This team is, it's not that offensive superpower we saw last season. They have to fight a little bit more and they need to be def more defensively sound. Like you were saying, Shimmick, you know, they went on that great run since Shimmick's return. But if you look at it, they weren't exactly blowing teams out. There was two one wins and four three wins. Like the, you know, they were still tight games. I just I look at this and I I feel again. I'm just gonna keep saying this I, again. I'm not saying so. Stop saying that I am. But I'm not saying Eric Carlson isn't a valuable player. I'm not saying he's not elite. I'm not saying he's not worth eleven and a half million dollars. I'm saying that maybe he wasn't the piece that the sharks needed. And when you look at, at what they've, what they gave up in Donskoy and Nyquist and Pavelski. And again, and I have to put this out there because everybody loves to put words in my mouth or make silly assumptions. I'm not saying that Donskoy would do in San Jose, what he's doing for Colorado. Same thing with Nyquist, same thing with Pavelski. I'm just saying that Doug Wilson put all his eggs in this basket. And right now it's, it's not working out. The offensive, I don't know if the Sharks, you tell me, Eric, do you think that the the Sharks overvalued or overrated what they had in the pipeline and now are like freaking out because guys like Checo and Shemilevsky and those guys just 
Arn, or Blickfeld, even Berg. I mean, Bergman's been with the Sharks now for what? Like, you got called up like a week ago, hasn't played a single game? So, uh, you know, I think with the Sharks, they were always uh, – look, the Sharks don't have a blue chipper outside of Ryan Merkley, and, I, and that's just the cold, bitter truth to it. Um, well, and he doesn't have the best reputation. Right, exactly. So they have a distressed asset – a, a distressed blue chip uh, prospect in Merkley. So the Sharks never had, uh, you know, that that forward. And I think Chemilevsky and Chekovic, you know, they started to see some really um, good uh, habits out of those two. And I think, you know, they overachieved in their final years at, at in junior. So, uh, you know, I, I think it brought the hype on. And, you know, whether you want to say it was too much pressure that got to the kids in camp, you know, maybe there was too much expectations on the young kids to come in, uh, you know, whatever it may be. But those two haven't been doing well in the A either. You well, know? and Sasha was hurt for a while. Right. I mean, the, the honestly, the the best the best two pieces that have come out of the A so far have been um, uh, Suomela, who I have really liked in his last call up since b- before he got injured. Yeah. And um, I've really liked uh, Noah Gregor. I, I've loved his speed on the fourth line. Uh, has he? I thought, I thought Blickman and Berg uh, or Blickfeld and Bergman showed, you know, spots there but of course the key is consistency right right so you know i think that there was a little bit of of projection on the shark staff thinking that that they were going to have some kids that might be able to crack through and and break through but no and and ian saying chemilevsky has been a lot better since coming back from injury so and he has um the uh, uh, Patrick Bolt 24. <laughs> Not going to lie, I kind of didn't like you guys for a while because you beat the Bolts 3-1 on my birthday. <laughs> That's cool. At first I was wondering, hold up, does he mean us personally or the Sharks? I'm sure it's the <laughs> Sharks. Um, but you also, again, give it up to Tampa. The, Tampa's a, a great team, and they proved it tonight. I mean, those yeah. snipe shot from Stamkos was amazing. And what's funny is Vlasic... It was a lot of back and forth tonight. It was that Stamkos had that amazing snipe shot. Later in the game, Vlasic puts up one that's very similar. You get, uh, uh, you draw a double minor, and then you get called for a double minor. That was fun. Yeah. And then there were also, uh, what, two calls tonight that Academy Award worthy. I mean, Myers high stick. Uh, wow, Timo. Dude, have a little respect for yourself. I mean, I understand the situation. Like, you're trying to draw a call, but holy hell, dude, on replay, it's like, oh, Timo, the award goes to you, dude. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Just, just give him the Oscar now, right? Don't you? But uh, going into that second period, it was much more the same thing. I think this is really where Tampa Bay started to put the pedal to the metal. Uh, Alex Kalorn with his eighth goal. Uh, this one was just weird. It was a it was a pa- it was a puck that flew up into the air, came back down. Um, you know the Sharks fumbling around for it. Kalorn spots it out of the pile and and sticks it into the net. Um, Jones, I mean, who is looking behind him? You know something Ian Reed brought up on Twitter tonight. He's like, it's kind of hard to make a save when you're looking backwards, and so. You know, again, it's it's yeah, you, you know, you, you don't like the break as far as um, the bounces are concerned. But again, you, positionally, 
unaware tonight because on that on that third goal, so this is Stamkos's eighth goal. This one happens uh, <laughs> with less than a minute left in the um, in the period on the power play after the Sharks looked like they were going to kill this thing off and and you know preserve the two nothing score and you know give themselves a puncher's chance. Steven Samkos buries his eighth of the season, Hedman and Kalorn, and this one was on the power play. And what I did not like about this one, you can see the slumping shoulders of Jones. And and we have continually criticized for the last year and a half, hell, even prior to this, his positioning. It's like on some nights he's very positionally sound, very, very much in the right position spots you know he's got a lot of confidence so he's meeting the 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 shooter at the top of the crease um not uh digging back into his crease uh, you know just a, a he exudes confidence a quiet confidence about him but when he is off his game he slouches his shoulders he's not square to shooters he doesn't understand his angles and 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 right now again it's going through his inconsistencies in his positioning. Nope. And um, let me and let me just say one thing, and then I gotta uh, I gotta hop out for like maybe sixty seconds. Um, but let me just say one thing. You talk about him lack of confidence, something the shoulders or whatever. Let me also just say, third time in fourth game in four games, Sharks have allowed first goal in the first five minutes. Yep. All right, so while AJ goes to the restroom here, um, I wanted to kind of go over something that Chang Pang, um, a great writer out of Fear the Fin, but he's got a quote, or actually he's got a little bit of a stat that's kind of interesting, is this is remarkable. Power play have gone um, in twice in team history through a 10-plus goalish drought on the power play, both occurring in the Peter DeBoer era. And what do you trace those two things back to? It's a Steve Spot run power play. Now, again, look, I'm sure that, you know, the guy is a great guy. I'm sure that that he's had success with the types of power plays he likes to run out. But as AJ had said before, where is the accountability? AJ, uh, just quickly, I went over the the uh, this little stat, this little nugget here from Shang. Uh, twice the power play has gone through ten plus goalless slumps, both in the Peter DeBoer era. And what do those things have in common? <laughs> uh, well, uh, it, like precursor to a trade. What? Uh, Steve Spot. Both oh. in the Pe- <laughs> both in the Peter DeBoer era, and and this is at a time when. You know, Dude, that's a great call. That's I, a nice call. Yeah, and and again, I love Shang for for giving us that nugget because, you know, people who continually saying, "Oh, you know, it's it's not coaching; it's on the guys," or or what have you, you know, trying to apologize for the coaching staff, and you know, you just look at that stat. You know, the 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 two longest goalless droughts. Uh, on the power play occurred when Peter DeBoer is manning the team. And it makes you wonder, like, what does it take for there to be a change? You know, it's, it again, it's the, like, I, obviously sports are a different animal, but most people, if they, if, if the results, you know, it, 
we can sit here and talk about that. You know what? Steve is coaching the power play that we want. Like he's doing the right things. It's just the the players are not executing. You know, you put it. You have to put it on the players. They're not executing what Steve is coaching. Well, then why aren't they? As a are they not playing for this guy? Do they not believe in him? Or is are they unable to do like to a certain extent? I get that they're not executing, but then you also have to take a look at it. Uh, take it easy, Patrick Bolt. <laughs> uh, thanks, Patrick. Uh, but then you also have to take a look at it and go, well, if these guys aren't executing, then the coach needs to realize where the deficiencies are and put these guys in a place to succeed. And it's, you know, you, you've had 10 games and tonight you had a double minor and you still weren't able to get it done at this point. If I'm Florida tomorrow and if for some reason the sharks get an early goal, I take one of my players off the ice for five minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And let I the mean, sharks play me five on four because they, <laughs> they've proven that, they struggle. Yeah. No, Just, I mean it's not it's not a deterrent for for any kind of shenanigans that another team can can put out against the Sharks because you know there is no response. So people can take liberty. So that's one deal. The other deal is <laughs> as uh, AJ shows us what he's drinking tonight. Mm -hmm. But uh the other point of it is it's starting or not starting, but it is just sucking the life out of their five-on-five five play. <laughs> I, I I mean it it's it's literally it's like can a can a brother decline a penalty here? You know, come on. I mean, honestly, it it's just it, it's it's just ridiculous. And at this point, I, it just it needs to change. Wouldn't that be great if they brought that up in like the GM meetings for like rule changes or whatever? Doug Wilson sheepishly like going. Yeah, can we introduce a rule where you can actually decline a penalty? Yeah, right. Like, cause what? Like, wouldn't every other team be like, "Yeah, sure." I mean, who would ever do that? And then it would be like, us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, and we talk about, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay. You can't take any way anything away from them. Solid, solid team. Oh, when you but, put up seven seven goals, that's pretty damn solid. <laughs> well, and what was it like uh, the Sharks had, I think it was, what, something like 10 shots on goal on the power play, and Tampa had, like, I think, three. But Tampa scored two, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And tonight, it, I mean, if you look at the numbers, fairly balanced. You know, same amount of shots on goal. Face-offs were almost uh, even. The But... <laughs> both teams got the same amount of power plays. Tampa scored twice. Sharks didn't. So obviously the power play still sucks and it kind of dinged your, your top rated penalty kill a little bit, but like hits were pretty much the same. The gives like, it, it's so funny to see a stat line that's that even, but the final score is so skewed. Well, maybe it's because you have a Swiss, you have Swiss cheese in net. And you, you make a good point now. And, <laughs> well, and the reason why I say this and, the, you know, we can throw it to the chat and see what their take is on it, because this again, this just drives me batshit crazy, especially on the social media, um, particularly the Sharks uh, fan Facebook page. Ugh, itch. Um, but you'll sit there and say something about 
Jones. And it's, well, you know, look at this guy's numbers, man. I mean, 893 on the season. Uh, he hasn't put together. I think he's had, what was it? Because I actually went and jotted this down. He's had, where are we at now? We're 20, like 30, 30 some odd games into the season now. Does that sound right? Let me see. 30. 22, 24, 26, 28, 30, 32, 30, 31, game 31 tonight. So we're more than a third into the season. And Jones has played however many games of those thirds. I want to see one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Dell's played like seven. So either way, you're talking that Jones has played, I think, about 24 games, if we're being generous. 24 games, and I believe he's been over 9-10 seven of those games. So that's not great. But what really screw, skews this He's been <laughs> over nine, ten in seven games. Three of those games occurred last week. Right. You right. know, it was a one solid week. So you just sit there and you go, you know, last year, maybe it was a bounce back. So I'm sorry to get back to the point about the social media thing like that is we can sit here and point at these numbers for Jones and you'll get the Jones loving crowd that goes, well, you know, the defense, you know, the defense in front of him and in even the defensive play of the forwards, they keep putting Jones in bad positions or, you know, they hang him out to dry. They allow, allow too many high danger chances. They allow too many odd man rushes. Uh, there's too many give ups in the neutral zone, blah, blah, blah. Insert cliche excuse here. And that's fine. Okay. So what you're telling me is that this $30 million defense in Vlasic at seven, Burns at eight, Carlson at 11 and a half, uh, Dylan at 3.3, you're talking at, oh, th and, you know, thank God Shimmick and Ferraro together only making like 1.5, but you're talking a $30 million defense and this is how they're playing. And you go, Oh, well you can't sit there and s shit on Carlson and those guys. And I'm like, well, you just said that it's the, d you know, the defensive play, like you, you can pick a road and stay on it, man. Right. No, I mean, you're, I, <laughs> I, I, well, I see it. Read. I like it. Wham, wham, wham. You're an NHL goalie. Make a fucking save. That's the whole thing. How many times has Jones stolen a game for the Sharks? It hasn't been that many. It, at least not, you know, Nabby. I remember Nabby stealing far more games. Hey, hey, AJ. I mean, this has been a year and a half of under a 900 save percentage. Under a year. It's over a year and a half. Yeah. Just, just straight save percentage. I'm not even talking about high danger. I'm not even talking about PK. Any kind of stats. Just straight number under 900. That that it's if you're for your for a contending team, not good enough. Not for for if you're thinking you're a contending team, it's not good enough. <laughs> and, and you make a great point. We're more than a third of the way into the season. How far does this need to continue? before we see some sort of a change, whether it's a trade, whether it's a change in goal, whether it's uh, a change at coaching with like what, like a significant trade, you know, like calling up, uh, you know, somebody like, I don't know, calling up Blickfeld is not going to be the difference maker here. It's, you know, it's probably going to be something like trading Brendan Dillon because you, he's your most valuable asset right now. And who do you like? And granted, you can put other pieces in the mix, but that's your that'll probably be the key piece to the trade because everybody's looking for good defenders. 
Dylan has proven he's a good defender. I think he's only what, like 28, 29 right now. So yeah. he's got some little bit of uh, you know, he's got a good window in front of him and he's consistently gotten better. He's your most valuable piece. That's going to get you something back. And we're also talking about a Sharks team that doesn't have a lot in the way of draft picks as well. Do you trade him for picks? Do you, you know, and does Doug Wilson sit there and go, you know what? I made this bet. I'm going to lie in it for a while. And instead I'm going to wait to see where we are at the trade deadline. And if the Sharks are 10, 12, 15 points out of a playoff spot, then it's like, okay, white flag. Let's see some of the guys. I've got Melker Carlson at the end of his deal. Maybe I can move him. I got Brendan Dillon. Maybe I can move that. I have a few, and maybe I'll try to bring back some picks, uh, regardless of the fact that my history of drafting in the first three rounds sucks. But, hey, maybe I'll restore some picks, and that'll help a move down the line. It's, again, I'm just going to go down and say, I'm always going to just be that guy who sits there and goes, Eric Carlson, amazing player, just not the right fit for, for San Jose. Not when you still have Brent Burns. You only need one Brent Burns. Right, right. I mean, you you only need one alpha right-handed shot defenseman, right? Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, even if you didn't want to go that far, and and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we're we're just going to skip over that third period because, quite frankly, it was horrible. So (laughs) The the Oprah period? Yeah, the Oprah period, because basically they mailed it in, so I guess we'll, we'll mail it in, too. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me ask you one question or let me say, are you surprised that there weren't more minus threes or more from the Sharks tonight, considering a seven to one loss? No, I think I'm shocked by that. I I think it was they were they collectively shit the bed. So it was evenly evenly distributing shitting of the bed. I don't know. The only one guy <laughs> hit a minus three. Who, uh, so, Kevin LeBanc. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm surprised. I'm I'm honestly shocked by that. And then here's the other thing too: is that you can sit here and say uh, the way that I talk about Eric Carlson. Um, you know, he was the only guy who was even on defense, which is saying a lot when you consider that you got your ass handed to you seven to one. So that speaks volumes for Carlson. And again, at this point, I, you know, I've, I was a big Burns fan for a long time. I'm sorry. It is time to like shit or get off the pot, man. Either figure out how to defend again, or we're going to put your ass to forward, or we're going to send you packing. We're going to figure out a way to like say, hey, give me your three teams that you're willing to go to because we're going to work something out. But honestly, the significant thing that I'm looking for is, you know what? Put Burns to forward. And it, it, call me crazy, but at this point, it's the like, what does that solve? Number one, he's been an insane liability on defense this season. He's the only one who didn't take the month of November and improve his plus minus. Everybody else, like Vlasic going into November was a minus 11. Coming out of November, he was like plus 13. It was an insane turnaround. Uh, but in, in Shimmick has, has not been great. I think overall since he's returned, he's like at a minus 12. But Carlson has leaps and bounds been great again this team doesn't need two brent burns types on defense put brent burns to ford and put tim heed on the right spot to take his place because honestly he's not going to be any worse yeah and and you know it's it's also interesting too the uh, one point that i i think you brought up or very early on in the discussion was the accountability on the coaching staff I, i think I think honestly, 
Steve Spot and Johan Hedberg, those both of those two need to be um, really concerned about job security right now. Um, Johan Hedberg is such an enigmatic guy. We hear very little about him and what he does with the goaltenders, but but whatever he's been trying to teach to Jones and Dell, it hasn't stuck. The last year and a half have been completely just completely horrible by both of those and and uh, you know the sharks have the straight up worst goaltending in in the league i think they have the worst tandem in the league i mean it might be harsh but i you know i just with a tandem like that i don't know how if you're the goalie coach i don't know how you keep your job i really don't Uh, yeah, AJ, I think you're muted. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. You know what it was is that I um, I hit the cough button and I didn't turn it back on. Uh-oh. But either way, um, a group that has this much offensive firepower, whether it's Meyer, Evander Kane, um, T- uh, Timo Meyer, Evander Kane, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, you've got some great scoring pieces at the top, plus Joe Thornton, passer of his generation. You've seen sparks here and there from uh, a guy like Dylan Gambrell. He obviously needs to work on his consistency. And then we also saw that stretch for more than a few games where Barkley Goodrow had a scoring touch. And then you turn around and you look, hello, you've got two guys that should be in the Norris conversation all year long, and neither of them are right now. I mean, you can make, um, you know, you can make a debate for Eric Carlson that he, oh, he's historically started off slow. Oh, it seems to always not have the best October and then he gets it going and then it's boom, boom, boom. But Brent Burns. And then the thing that is really funny is when they announced the, uh, the votes for the all-star thing, it was Couture, Kane and Brent Burns. Yeah. And not EK 65. Like what drunken monkey put that list together, but you've got all that offensive firepower and you put up one goal tonight. Right. So, so, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's time for something drastic. I think putting Brent Burns up with Evander Kane and with Logan Couture, have him be the guy that is the wrecking ball, you know, sticks his butt right in, in front and, um, you know, really just be disruptive, kind of like a Thomas Holmstrom type. Um, and then you have Evander with, as the sniper and you have Logan who kind of sets everything up. Okay, so that brings Barkley Goodrow down a peg to the second level uh, to the second line. Um, well, that's pretty much where he's been, and and that then sh- that should be that should be where he goes because yeah. quite frankly, Patrick Marlowe has has been invisible. No, um, Marlowe is a second six guy. He he just yeah he's is. forty year he's forty years old and you should not have him be in the top six. So. You know, having Brent Burns as a forward pulls um, 
you know, Barkley down to the second line and, and try to get Timo Meyer going. Man, you talk about a, a, a guy that is streaky, that is, you know, off of his game at the moment. It's Timo, man. Well, remember, what's funny that you bring that up, because what, what game was it? Was it the, uh, the overtime loss in Buffalo? Where Meyer and LeBanc got call or got caught out on the ice for like way too long during the overtime, they end up losing it, and Couture basically even came out and called them selfish after it, and said, you know, it was dumb play. And immediately after that, for like the next, I think it was like the next six games, like LeBanc had a, a had a point in like four out of the next six, had a couple goals, whereas Meyer, you didn't hear from the dude, like, wow, what happened? And then Meyer had a little bit of a stretch during November where he started putting it together. And then he's kind of disappeared. So, yeah, again, it's it's I don't want to. Again, everything, you know, it has to be measured responses. Uh, you don't want to lose your mind when they go six for seven. You know, they win six of seven, you, you know, take into account. It's like, well, who did they beat? Well, you to a six of seven. Two of those games against came against L.A. One came against Detroit. Like, you measured responses. And conversely, they've lost three times. Well, who did they lose against? Well, they lost against the best team in the NHL. Uh, they lost against a Carolina team that has been a little suspect this season. But you, still, you lost in the shootout. Like, it was pretty damn close. And that game really was an entertaining game that could have went either way. Tonight was just the stinker, the blowout, the embarrassment. But we're talking about a. Sh let's talk about, you know, the the past. Um, I, uh, I had a sheet up here before. Um, the Sharks, and probably every team, they put up a stinker once in a while. We all remember. Was it uh, was it in the fifteen sixteen season? It was like January second. And the Sharks got absolutely torn apart by the I, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and I seem to remember be, them being torn apart by Dallas. I think on a oh uh, on a New Year's non New Year's. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah. Maybe I guess the shit show came a little earlier this season, but yeah, it seems to be uh, well. Actually, historically, I think over the last five seasons, four of those seasons, the Sharks have been embarrassed on New Year's Eve. I don't know why that is now. Do they? Is it Detroit this season? Okay, so you got half a shot at not embarrassing yourself on New Year's. But fact of the matter is they always seem to get their asses handed to them at some point around this time. Came a little earlier. Uh, but then they turn the switch, and then they go on a run. So let's see how they address this. You're going to Florida tomorrow. Florida is playing very well right now. Last time I looked, I think they were second in their division. Uh, Nashville. Always tough, especially in Nashville. And then you get a Rangers squad. Eh, you know, you would think that that's going to be a decent win. And take into account, too, you're going to want to win that for Vlasic because barring any type of bizarre injury or something like that, that will be Vlasic's thousandth NHL game. So you want to get the guy a win, right? And then looking at it, Vancouver, that's going to be a tough match, but it's one you de you definitely have to bank points against guys in your division. Then you get Arizona again, who you just beat a couple weeks earlier. And then St. Louis, that's going to be a bitch. Vegas, that's going to be a bitch. Eh, okay. And then after the holiday break, you get L.A. That should be a walk. You get Philly not playing their, their best. In fact, Kachuk straight up beat the crap out of one of their players tonight. Oh, and yeah. then you get Detroit. So it's... <sighs> I'm telling you, you, you're <laughs> you got what 
One, two, uh, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten. Ten more games left in this month. You better go like six, you, at minimum six and four. Like you better have a winning record over these next ten. And if not, uh, you know, something needs to change. And, <coughs> excuse me, um, again, w- where do we get to the point? Like at what point is there a mark on the calendar that says, okay, if the Sharks are not in the playoff picture at this date, what do we do? Right, right. Right. What is the contingency plan? And I don't think that there is one right now. I think I think right now it is, um, you know, make it or break it. And, you know, now I'm 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 looking at the uh, at the stat sheet again here. And now the Sharks are minus 19. You know, they're they're Oh, goal differential. Yeah. Minus 19 on the goal differential. I mean, tonight really set them back. Um, and and well, let me ask you this. This is quite not possibly, quite probably, the final ride for Thornton and Marlowe. I, I have it in my mind. We are seeing their final season. I cannot imagine why you would bring these guys back. So let's say that the other pieces that you have in the pipeline, they're still not ready for prime time, whether it's Sha- Sasha, Checo, Blickfeld, name, name your CUDA here. Recently... It came out, I, th- I believe, in a Pierre LeBron article. I might be wrong, but it was on The Athletic. And it, the whole thing, it was this basis of Wilson does not regret signing the EK deal. Now, of course, the first thing you look at that and go, what GM in their right mind is going to admit before the, you know, just as the season is starting and just as the eight-year contract is starting, who in their right mind, what GM is going to go, yeah, you know what, now that it's it's been, you know, the ink is finally dry, yeah, that was really stupid. I shouldn't have done Like, What GM is going to do that, right? So, of course, you're not going to say that. But what happens? Let me just paint you a scenario. Right now, Sharks are on the outside looking in of a playoff. Uh, now, granted, Calgary's fallen off, but Edmonton is still playing well. Arizona just keeps coming on. Vancouver has improved significantly. They're, and, and Vegas you know, they, they had a little stretch there where they weren't looking good, but they're they're bringing it on. It's The Sharks can very easily miss the playoffs this season. Easily. Yeah. Then you, you again, you look forward. Sharks don't have high picks. The prospect pool is pretty shallow. Could very well easily see this team miss the playoffs for two or three straight years. It's obviously going to have an impact on attendance as it does league-wide and sport-wide. Everybody loves to see a winner. But fast forward three years, if the Sharks miss the playoffs for three state years, are you going to tell me that there, there won't be people out there that point and say, what is the thing that changed? And the Sharks started missing the playoffs. It's when Doug Wilson signed a guy for $11.5 million. Yeah. Right or wrong, I'm just saying that there's going to be a contingent of fans out there that look at that. You know, come trade deadline, if the Sharks are out of the playoffs, I I think it would behoove Doug Wilson um, for maybe... maybe re- <laughs> to retire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, maybe it's time to trade Jumbo and, and, and trade him to... Trade him to Boston. The best what chance. What are you going to get for him? Well, I mean, you know, just at least give him give him a the shot. Rounder. Yeah, I mean, give him the shot to to win. 
you know? Oh, no, he, that he, I completely agree with. I, no, we talked about that. I don't know if it was on Discord or if it was on Puck Knowledge. I, you know, I do 20,000 shows here, so... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we talked about that. It both, uh, we said, send Marlo to like Colorado and send Jumbo to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Give both of them an opportunity to win it. And, uh, yeah, no, I would be more than fine with that. Yeah. It would be nice to get something back if it's like a fifth or sixth. There's, I mean, some sort of a piece, but yeah, Ray Bork, both these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. So anyways, I think it's time to, uh, do oh I, crap who gives a shit yeah right well i mean at least it'll make somebody happy right i have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around mm, that's about the only thing that uh that'll be good tonight uh anyhow uh, on the score sheet currently the Islanders are losing to the Stars 3-0. That is the uh, end of the second period. They will be going into the third period quite soon. The Kings are up 2-1 on the Flames. There's 24 seconds left in the first period. Surprisingly, Lucic scoring against his former team. What a shocker. Right. All of the goals in that game coming on the power play. Perhaps the Sharks should watch the replay of that game. Hmm? Yeah. Learn a thing or two from the worst team in the NHL, right? Senators are uh, got beat tonight by four to three against the Flyers. Of course, the Matthew Kachuk antics. Go check out the uh, the highlights on that one. Not not a great look. Hopefully, well, the he, best part about that is both Kachuk and Lawton scored in the game, even though Kachuk beat the crap out of Lawton. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Canucks beat the Sabers six to five in overtime. Uh, Canucks are clawing their way back you know they've been having a little bit of inconsistencies in november but um like you said a team on the rise for sure well in a weird game in that six goals scored for vancouver six goals coming from three players yeah yeah it was the it was the two for show tonight two for show exactly uh maple leaf speed up on the blues five to two so (laughs) i'm sorry what yeah, Maple <laughs> Leafs beat up on the Blues 5-2, to two, so, you know, at least there is some glimmer of hope over there in Toronto. Uh, well, at- dude, ever since they replaced Babcock. Yeah. Dude, like, I think they have, what, like one loss? Two, I think. Oh, jeez, but, but, you know, that doesn't bode well uh, for guys like Steve Spott and Peter DeVore, where it's just kind of like, well, you know, how big of a changing in a coach midseason is it going to make? Well, I don't know. Let's ask the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, maybe we asked St. Louis last year and granted, I know that St. Louis is anomaly, but we do have examples of coaches being replaced mid season and it did a wonder of good. Now the sharks, if I remember correctly, uh, did let go of a coach mid season, replace them with somebody else. Was that Al Sims? Either way, it went horribly wrong. So it can go either way. Yeah. Right. Uh, avalanche, uh, beat up on the Bruins four one. That's kind of an, eye. An eye opener there, you know, at the Avalanche. Yeah, I, I, so in that game, uh, Nachushkin <laughs> gets his fourth goal on the season. Uh, Cole with with a goal, Burkowski and Landeskog um, all scoring, and then uh, Chris Wagner for Boston. So kind of kind of interesting uh, outcome there. Penguins beat up on the Red Wings five to three. Uh, we won't even talk about tonight's game. Uh, Panthers beat up on the Blue Jackets 4-1. to one. Hurricanes put a six spot on the Wild. 
Predators beat the Devils six to four. And well, a couple of notes on that in the Panthers game, noted Sharks uh, legend Mike Hoffman scored in that one. Uh, you know, anytime the Hoffman scores, you got to note it because Sharks legend. Uh, Peter Morazic winning yet again, um, you know, for a guy who was dead for, I think, like a minute and a half uh, during the Sharks game after Thornton touched him. Boy, he's uh, he certainly looks OK. So, you know. Yeah, it, 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 he must have gotten like a snipe shot tranquilizer, you know, from the upper deck. Uh, something, you know, maybe it was a freak cramp or something. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> but yeah, you know, Peter Morazic doing a great impression of a. Of a snipe victim there for sure. Oh, can we also call out uh, before we wrap things up? Uh, it, it's and I don't know if Randy's doing this shit on purpose, <laughs> and if he is, I love him for it. But it seems like recently we have like one line that we can take from the broadcast group uh, from every game. Uh, there was, you know, what was it the other night? It was uh, Randy saying, uh, you know, I've never blocked a shot, but I've I awkwardly bumped into a bar stool once and and then of course baker going once once right yeah <laughs> and tonight the line from randy was it's tough to distinguish between sevens and twos with these ridiculous tampa sweaters <laughs> oh my god those jerseys were just <laughs> gross and i could go on an entire diatribe about that but hey i, I did want to throw one name at you for maybe maybe interesting on the goaltending front worth a shot to take a look at Corey schneider I know how horrible he's been in New Jersey, but I mean, anything's got to be better than Jones at this point, right? I just, uh, you know, what? anybody Del that has any type of a reputation that has just even the hint of Vancouver stench on them, I'm usually <laughs> like, nope, not going to do it. Won't do it. Uh, yeah, no. Um, We're desperate, but not that desperate. Yeah, exactly. You know, if anything, there's almost a part of me that's just like, hey, you, you know what? Everything be damned. We're both screwed. Let's just talk to L.A. and just say, dude, just straight up Jones for quick. Both <laughs> guys, like, like both guys could use a change of scenery. Jones is already used to the area. Just fuck it. Straight up. Quick for Jones. Like, yeah, really? Is anybody really going to notice? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? I don't. I don't think that there would be anybody that noticed. So uh, on that note, I don't think anybody will notice if we just, uh, you know, end this thing right now. So, AJ, w let me get your final thoughts and uh, where the people can find you. Um, well, again, final thought is you wait for somebody to be held accountable for a power play that goes this lifeless for this long. But uh, and again, credit to our boy Shang pointing out that the only time streaks like this have ever occurred is under the Peter DeBoer era. What are you going to do? Uh, so with that, um, I am AJ underscore strong on the social media stuff. A uh, couple of quick announcements. First off, uh, find me on discord uh, following this a little bit later. We'll jump on the discord and have our little uh, join us in the discord green room post game. Um, for those of you who are like looking for goodies, you might want to show up to Solar for America Ice tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. And you might want to do it between noon and two. Uh, went over the day and uh, got me one of these cool back-to-school hurdle bobbleheads. And that was from Turning Up in Teal. And then uh, joined the, uh, the Fanatical Club. 
gots me this cool little sharky bauble. Hey, now. But what was really cool is that right now when you do the Fanatical Club, they will also sh throw you the shark's head figurine that was such a popular Ooh. item uh, last season. So might want to head over to Solar for America. Start getting your cars now, ladies and gentlemen. And and don't quote me on this. They may have totally – they may have I, – I was there earlier today because I had other stuff I had to do. They may have run out of these items, uh, at least the, the shark's head. I think the figurine was like an add-on because um, it's all about, you know, the it's all about Sharky Bobble, let's be honest. Uh, but if you're interested in um, doing that, boom, Solar for America, 12 to 2, turn up and teal, get you some stickers and posters and other cool stuff. And, in fact, I think they even had a decent amount of white um, – uh, sunglasses that say sharks for life on the side so right. go check that out and uh yeah see you on discord in a little while all Eric. right yeah uh as far as my final thoughts go you, you've got to salvage some points out of this out of this uh road trip so you know in my mind these next two games you're gonna have to get wins to get back into the race and to just to, to at this point doggy paddle and tread water here because you know, it is it is certainly going to be tougher, a tougher road going uh, going into the through the month of December. And it doesn't get any easier in January, folks. So this is the, the kind of the heart of the schedule. This is kind of what we're going to see. The sharks are made out of. And uh, let's hope they figure it out and figure it out soon, um, especially there on the uh, on the uh, back end and goaltending front. And uh, maybe uh, maybe rubbing the. Rubbing the kitty a little bit more, uh, AJ will get us some luck there. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, <laughs> anyways, you can find me using my first name. That's Eric spelled with a K, last name Landy, on all of the social media garbage. And, of course, thank you so much for watching. If you have not already, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Also, check us out on Teal Town USA on the Facebooks, Instagrams, and Twitters of the world. And let me see if I can't get this one right again. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in.